now, The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Whole Home Show. I'm Tony Joe, your host here every week, bringing you tips, education, and updates on home-related matters. Whether you're in the real estate market or if you're looking for decorating or improvement ideas for your home, this is a great place to be. Our show comes to you with the support of our show partners, Denise Webster, mortgage broker with Dominion Lending Center's Modern Mortgage Group, J.P. Sellers, insurance advisor at Westland Insurance, and the Sitka Law Group for your real estate, wills and estates, corporate and personal injury needs. If you need help or direction in your real estate transaction, give any of the whole Home Show team members a call. They would love to hear from you. I'm your host here every week. I've been selling real estate here in Greater Victoria since 1991. I've handled hundreds of transactions in our fair city. I'm very proud to be ranked as one of the top REMAX agents in Western Canada. And I would be pleased to help you as well, too. You can find me and the rest of our whole Home Show team members contact information on the cfax1070.com website. Look under shows. There you'll find us, The Whole Home Show with me, Tony Joe, and all of our contact information is there. Please reach out to us. We would love to talk with you. This week, we're having a conversation and a discussion with Andy Sperling. He's the president of ProLine Property Management. We'll be talking about managing strata developments, what's happening in the world of condo insurance policies, and we'll also talk about managing private properties for individuals. We always start with a listener story or a question. And if you have one that you'd like to share with us about real estate, give us a call. Our number is 250-414-6540. That's 250-414-6540. Be sure to leave a message and I will respond to you. Or of course, you can find us online. Again, cfax1070.com and we'll discuss it on the air. You can also find me, by the way, just Google Tony Joe Victoria or Tony Joe Real Estate. Uh, and you can find our contact information there. I would love to chat with you. A topic which has come up recently, and it is, is rather timely because, of course, we're chatting with Andy Sperling, uh, who is a strata property manager, management company. A question is, what's the difference between a strata, a leasehold property, and a co-op or a cooperative? Because, you know, to most... An apartment building is an apartment building. You look at, you know, a three or four story building, whether it be in James Bay or Oak Bay or, you know, Saanich or whatever, it looks like an apartment building. But what is the difference? And another question too is, why is a lease property cheaper than a condo? And other things too, like why doesn't a co-op need to have a depreciation report? for example, a really, really interesting conversation. So um, I will give you all an example. Quite often we have people entering the, uh, entering the market and they wanna look at a townhouse and they will often identify a complex, uh, the address is 1506 Admirals, Admirals Road, Admirals and um, Craig Flower, that would be. And they wonder, how come those units are so cheap? They, they look like a great buy, a great value. Uh, and they are except they're not a strata. So with a strata, what you have is you own not only the confines of the four walls that you reside in in the unit, you also are part of the strata, the strata um, community. You also own a share of common areas, things like hallways, elevators, um, yard, 
uh, parking area, a uh, number of things like that. And your ownership is based on something called unit entitlement. So there is a document with all stratas that determine your, your unit entitlement relative to the entire development. Because of course, if you have a smaller unit, you've got a smaller unit entitlement. You've got a bigger unit, you've got larger. This is also how a strata determines, determines your share of strata fees. Because of course, a smaller unit should not pay the same kind of strata fees as a larger unit. So uh, we're the strata, that's how that works. Um, you still pay property taxes to the municipality. Um, often there's common expenses like uh, elevator maintenance, insurance for the building, uh, janitorial, landscaping, uh, a whole host of other things. That is a strata. Stratas are financed by banks. So banks acknowledge that they're not only financing the unit that you're occupying, but also the share of the property. You see, there's an interest in the land. And land is a thing that is an appreciating asset, right? We often talk about the difference between an appreciating asset like real estate versus a depreciating asset like a car, for instance, or a structure. You see, when you look at your home, the reason why the value has gone up over the years since whenever it is, 1960, 1970, you know, 2000 to today, it's not because of the structure. In fact, the structure depreciates it gets older, things start going wrong, people need to do upgrades and renovations, but the land itself is the thing that continues to increase in value. And that's, you know, there's the old saying, they're not making any more of it, which is true, especially in a town like Victoria, right? That is strata ownership. It falls under called, it falls under something called uh, the Strata Properties Act, the Strata Properties Act. There's a number of things there. A strata needs to have uh, a council, needs to have an executive, needs to have a contingency reserve fund. So monies needs to be saved for a rainy day. There is a requirement in BC to have a depreciation report unless the strata uh, decides to defer it or not to have it. Uh, it must have financial statements and a whole host of other things, all really meant for consumer protection. That's a strata. Now, Let's touch on this whole leasehold situation. What's a leasehold property? Well, you will see, and I don't know if you noticed, but a few moments ago, I mentioned Oak Bay, James Bay. Uh, why didn't I mention West Shore? Why didn't I mention Langford or Colwood? It's because leasehold developments typically predate the Strata Property Act. So before uh, the province created this thing called Stratas, there were leasehold buildings. That's the reason why they're more common down in um, by Beacon Hill Park on Haywood, right? Uh, on a whole host on Cook Street. Uh, there's a number of leasehold properties there. And basically what it was, was um, uh, people of course want to own an apartment building, right? And what they do is they basically purchase the right to occupy the confines of the four walls and they still contribute to common costs, like things like the janitorial, elevator maintenance, landscaping, and all those things. But the land is owned by another corporation, by you know ABC Real Estate Corporation or whoever it is, right? Uh, there's high rises in James Bay too, same thing. So what that means is you are not buying an interest in the land. And I just talked about appreciating asset and land. It also means that banks do not traditionally mortgage them. So you, you don't get a mortgage as you normally would because the bank has no security. 
they have no way to latch onto the land just in case the borrower uh, defaults or, uh, or anything like that. So that is the biggest difference. Uh, it generally means that a leasehold property needs to be purchased with cash. Uh, occasionally credit unions may finance them, but you're not looking at interest rates as you would with a mortgage. Interest rates are higher or they might recommend a different uh, type of lending instrument, maybe like a line of credit or something like that. Um, so because of the fact that they can't be mortgaged traditionally, it really does reduce the pool of potential buyers who might buy in a leasehold building. Um, I will tell you who the ideal buyer is for a leasehold building. Um, I had clients myself. Uh, a retiree sold her house in Fairfield, bigger house in Fairfield, downsized, wanted to be in the Cook Street Village. Uh, she bought at, um, what is it, five. 505 Cook Street, I think it is, which is a leasehold building. Um, she didn't want to tie up all of her cash in a condo, which would have cost a lot more money because to her, it's just it, occupying is just the same. You know, you, you live in the unit, you occupy the unit, but she was able to invest the balance of the money that she would have paid in a condo uh, elsewhere. So that is the ideal leasehold buyer. Um, now, co-ops are quite different too. So a cooperative, what you're doing is you're buying shares into a corporation. Same thing, you are not, um, uh, they are not financeable, right? Banks uh, um, don't finance them. By the way, co-ops and leasehold buildings do not fall under the Strata Property Act, which means they are not required to have uh, depreciation report, contingency reserve fund, uh, and a number of things. There's so much to know. And if you have any further questions, lawyer is always a good person to talk to first. Make sure you contact your Preet at Sitka Law Group, uh, or of course, ask your agent because your agent should know. So uh, interesting conversation about stratas, leaseholds, co-ops. There's just so much to know. Uh, we're going to take a quick break here. When, you, when we come back, we'll be chatting with Andy Sperling from ProLine Management. Um, but as a reminder to everyone, we do podcast our episodes. So if you're a podcast listener, find us on iTunes or Google Play. Need to take a quick break. We'll be back in just a moment. You're listening to The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Thanks for coming back. You're listening to The Whole Home Show. Uh, as we talked about before the break, many people, many of our listeners might be thinking about maybe downsizing or changing from their home of many years to maybe a strata property and becoming part of a larger community. But the question is, what is a strata? How does it work? What is a property management company? And that's our guest right now. We have Andy Sperling. Andy is the president of ProLine Management. Uh, Andy, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me today, Tony. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, question number one that people will ask, what is a property management company? And what is it that you do, first of all, for Stratus, for, for uh, Strata development? Absolutely. Uh, well, we are many things, actually, and, and asked to be many things. But I would say at our, at our root, there's a few main functions that we provide uh, for Strata Councils. So any Strata Corporation has a group of uh, volunteers that are elected every year to, to run the affairs of the Strata Corporation, to make decisions for that community. And, and so that's who we work with. And so in our role, we work with that team of people uh, to make sure that bills get paid, that money gets collected by, by people who owe it, to assist with the budgeting program. So everything on that accounting side of the ledger to run trust accounts, uh, we, we take care of all that. We generate statements so that owners can see where's my money going, how is it being spent, 
uh, and how are we looking in terms of well finance so things like finances i mean that's a requirement like a strata by uh under the strata property act has to maintain financial statements right they they do absolutely yeah. and you know and in self-managed stratas we you know we've helped out a number of them sometimes it's done very well you know you've got a retired accountant who's perfectly suited to this role of, of managing that money um, in other communities, you can imagine where you've got different levels of experience and types of expertise uh, to try and run the books for, you know, a, a $200,000 a year operation or, or a million dollar operation a year operation can be incredibly complicated. So, yeah. um, you know, that's where I think you see some value in property management companies coming in and really being able to take that load off the shoulders of volunteers. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, we have a, a team, we have a whole accounting team that that manages that we've got three CPAs that, that work for us that make sure, you know, the accounts are done properly, uh, that the trust accounts are all in order and that your money's being spent the way that it, that it should be spent. Uh, and I think one of the key things in any community uh, that a property management company can and does do, whether it be with finances or, or otherwise, uh, is some of the dirty work. You know, the last thing that you want to do when you're a council member, uh, you volunteered your time, you want to help out, you want to make a difference. Uh, you probably don't want to knock on your neighbor's door and say, hey, I noticed you haven't been paying your strata fees. Uh, um, you probably don't want to go downstairs yeah. and say, hey, that fine that we applied a month ago, you, you still haven't paid it. Where, where is it? Yeah. Um, so because, to be you know, the heavy, to be the heavy. To be the heavy a little bit. I mean, you know, I, I think they say that money is the cause of most you know, marriages yeah. ending. Yeah. Um, and so in a community, you know, you've got all these people living in close proximity. And the last thing you need to do, I, th I think, is introduce some of those additional challenges of now being the rent collector, uh, of being like, I love, I oh, love that word, the, the heavy. The heavy. You know? Yeah, because there's nothing worse than like passing in the hallway or being in the elevator and like, ah, oh, you know, I feel kind of bad about this, right? Exactly. Or, or yeah, or knowing, oh, that person upstairs, they're being pretty noisy tonight and they haven't paid their strata fees. And yeah. so now I, this is a great time to go up and mention both those things to them. Yeah. <laughs> you can start, you start to imagine how that relationship's going to grow or, you know, I mean, lots of older buildings have laundry machines as well. And, you know, as a council member, do you want to be collecting laundry coin and rolling it and depositing it in the bank and writing checks for suppliers and you know, there's a whole host of those sorts of well, things. Well, and, and kind of like what I started off with is, you know, for a lot of people, the, the, the move was to simplify life, was to go yeah. from their home that had a lot of maintenance down to something where they just want to be able to lock the door and have it taken care of. And all of those affairs that, that maybe sometimes people forget about, those are things that you guys take care of in the property management end of things. Exactly. So yeah, on the financial side, yeah. all, all of those affairs, yeah. um, you know, there's, there's a, a significant administration side of strata corporations as well. And so there's the idea of you, you have to have regular minutes and or sorry, regular meetings, and the way that those meetings are recorded so that other owners know what's going on. So the prospective purchasers know that what's going on so that the realtors know what's going on. Um, it is through the minutes. And so somebody's got to keep that corporate record. Mm -hmm. And you know, there's an art to it. Um, and, and it is a significant task. And so we go to meetings uh, and we operate as the recorder of, of your meetings. And so we write up the minutes and we do all those little things that we know about because we do this every day to make sure that we're not you know, betraying somebody's privacy, that we're not saying something uh, inappropriate uh, you know, that's going to offend the Residential Tenancy Act or the Strata Property Act. We're, we're making sure that those minutes sort of accurately reflect on a professional level the decisions that are being made at, at the Strata Corporation by the Strata Council for the Strata Corporation. And, um, 
and, and there's all the preparation that goes into that. So preparing agendas and making sure that the items that need to get discussed get discussed, as well as action lists after. So now we've had our meeting, who's doing what uh, to make sure we don't lose sight of those things. Um, all things that people can do and volunteers can do, but it just, again, is an added layer of, of complexity and, and can be challenging for a strata. I'm, I'm sure as a realtor, you've looked at the minutes of buildings and thought, why are they rehashing these interpersonal conflicts in their minutes? This is you know, both highly inappropriate, but also making it very difficult uh, to generate interest in purchasing at this property. <laughs> well, I, I'm glad you brought that up because it's true. And I, I know you guys would see them because of course you inherit a lot of what were self-managed buildings, right? Yeah. Uh, and we, you're right. Like we've read through minutes of, of uh, you know, smaller self-managed uh, buildings, and it's like, oh, oh my goodness. Like uh, when somebody's trying to buy, you know, they want to look deep into the goings-on of the strata, and um, you know, whereas you can't hide things. On the other hand, you know, sometimes with uh, if a strata forgets about uh, meetings. And you know, sometimes they only meet during their uh, required annual AGM, right? And yeah. it makes you wonder what else is going on, right? Yeah. It, yeah. It, oh, it, it really does. And, and I don't want any of this to suggest that by having us do your minutes, we, you know, we keep things out of them. Yes. Um, there's just things that are appropriate for the minutes and, and aren't. And you know, like a personal comment on, you know, on, a, on another resident will always be inappropriate in the minutes. Yeah. And, uh, and so, you know, you won't see those in, in our minutes, but you do see those in, in some minutes. And I think from a buyer's perspective, those are the kinds of things that can really make you pause and think, oh, yeah. well, what did that person do to get on, on the end of that? that because, because really the, the sort of the, the yardstick, if you will, is the Strata Properties Act. Yeah. And that's what you guys work with day in and day out. And, you know, sometimes for maybe a smaller self-managed uh, uh, strata, like I've, I, I've gone through the Strata Properties Act. I haven't read the whole thing. There's a lot in there. And, yes. you know, it's, it's a lot for somebody who's just doing it for fun uh, to try to, uh, to deal with. But again, that's why um, guys like you guys are around, right? Yeah, I mean, and the Strata Property Act is a part of our administrative sort of oversight and services that we provide. We're, we're not lawyers. Um, so we're not giving legal advice on the Strata Property Act, um, but we are licensed to, to provide advice on it. And, you know, as you say, like virtually nobody's read the entire Strata Property <laughs> Act. I, I have. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was really, really tired one day, but I couldn't fall asleep. Well, you got, um, a, you got a background. You went to law school, right? Or... I, did, I did go to law school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I am actually a lawyer. So I'm always a little bit careful when yeah, I say, yeah. you know, we're, we're not your lawyers. And I, and I you know, I, so I can practice law for my company, but not for our clients. Mm -hmm. But I do have that legal background, which is incredibly helpful because, you know, the Strata Property Act is legislation like any other legislation. And there's always um, weird anachronisms in how you interpret legislation. And so, you know, the, an issue that we'll see all the time and you can easily see councils get hung up on is they're like, well, I found this provision of the act and it says we can do this and say, well, yes, it says you can do that subject to the regulations. And then when you go to the regulations, the regulations don't address it. So it's an enabling provision that might one day allow you to do something like it says, but right now you can't do any of that. And so, you know, we're able to walk people through some of that complexity. Um, and on the administrative side, I mean, complexity, I think in all of our lives has been increasing in many ways. It's absolutely true of the Strata Property Act. I mean, mm -hmm. it's, uh, and just of stratas in general. Yeah, the, um, the act isn't getting smaller. It's getting, the act is getting not bigger. getting smaller. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They're not simplifying the strata no, property. No, no. And, and the expectations of strata owners 
uh, rightly so, are not getting simpler either. Like people are more and more sophisticated. People know what to look for. Sort of gone are the days of, well, I loved the building, so I bought there. Now people want to know, like, well, how are you funding your operations? How are you funding your long-term maintenance obligations? What's coming down the road? What does the depreciation report say? How's insurance looking? Like there's, there's lots of questions out there and they're questions nobody used to ask. Yeah. You know, it used to be, love the view, love the Let's look. buy it. Yeah. Let's buy it. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and there might still be some purchasers out there and you'd be able to speak to that. But, but it feels like, you know, realtors understand the strata property world a lot better than they did when I started 13 years ago. Owners definitely do as well. And so- Well, well hey, hey, listen, uh, on that thought, on that topic, hold, hold your yeah. thought because we need to take a quick break here, but we'll pick this up when we come back. We're chatting with Andy Sperling from ProLine Management back in just a moment. Now, The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Thanks for coming back. You're listening to The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. Our show comes to you every week with the support of our show partners, Denise Webster, mortgage broker with Dominion Lending Center's Modern Mortgage Group, J.P. Sellas, insurance advisor at Westline Insurance, and the Sitka Law Group for your real estate, wills and estates, corporate and personal injury needs. If you need help or direction in your real estate transaction, give any of the whole Home Show team members a call. They would love to hear from you. You can find their contact information by going to cfax1070.com. Look under shows. There you'll find us, the whole home show with me, Tony Joe. Uh, or you can always reach out to me. Just Google Tony Joe Real Estate Victoria. You'll find me. And by the way, if you are a podcast listener, you can listen to any of our 180 episodes over the course of the last four years by going to iTunes or Google Play and download uh, any of them. We are talking about property management and we just uh, before the break we were talking about strata property management with andy sperling andy is the president of proline management andy again thanks for coming back thanks thanks for having me hey listen uh, I, I i need to give you a call because you guys uh, you know what prompted this is that you guys have been putting on information series for your clients like your strata uh, uh developments and stuff and i think it's great you've had great speakers you've had great content i've jumped onto a couple of them i man i think that's a great um a great value-added service that you guys do thank you i i really appreciate that i mean the the best part about it might be that besides being i, I think useful and valuable from an informational purpose they're also fun to do yeah. uh and it, and it really is nice to engage industry experts as as you know through your show yeah. uh to, to really bring like a different perspective to people um and i think that what one of the things i enjoy doing in those sessions most is when there's time to talk at the end yeah um, you know before our break, we were sort of talking about the administration and the, the accounting part of what we do. And I, I think one of the other things that you end up getting from experienced uh, managers uh, is their experience. And, it, you know, the strata world is, a, is an interesting one. We were talking about its complexity. And for most strata owners or council members, you know, you, you go to maybe one meeting a month or one meeting every two months or yeah. one annual meeting a year. Um, and, and we're going to them every day. Yeah, yeah. And so the things that, you know, might seem intimidating to one for us are, are our routine. And we've seen how other people have approached very similar problems. And so that, that ability to kind of bring that advice and experience is really useful. Yeah. And when I'm talking to other industry experts, I always love that opportunity to engage them at the end of a session, um, sort of ask the questions that our clients are asking to ask, you know, to discuss the issues that I've, I've seen arising and that we as a team see arising um, really just to get to get those different insights. And, and that's something that you really do do get from a from an engaged manager is, you know, the how to approach certain situations, you know, I, I've seen, for example, like so many pet restrictions. Yeah. Um, 
tried to be changed. And so I, like, I know how that meeting will go almost 100% of the time. I can well, tell oh, you. And, get... and speaking of which, hold on that one here, because yeah. in, any realtor that's listening right now, do yourself a favor. If you have a buyer who is hoping to change a pet bylaw so that they can buy a unit, don't do it. Just find another unit. That's that's an age old one, you know, um, that comes I up. I don't on think you could have nailed that advice anymore. Than oh, that's hundred percent. Just don't do it. It's not. Oh, anyways, I, we don't have enough time to cover that. That's a lot more more. Cover. Hey, the other thing too, I want to talk about your series um, that you've been doing is you pro lion management has always been very active in the community. In particular, I see you guys. I see Eric uh, at uh, CFAX Santa's Anonymous Miracle on Broad Street every year. I love that. You know, I'm often there as well, you know, as a, as a CFAX family member. And, man, you guys do great stuff out there in the community. Thank you. I, I appreciate it. It's, uh, it's all, always been important to the organization. It's something that our team loves to be involved in. And it's just a, a wonderful opportunity when working with communities to, you know, be a bigger part of our own as well. So it's, oh, and it's actually, we're passionate about. Here's something else I didn't, I didn't think about uh, touching on today, but we've got it today, um, is you guys were very early adopters when the real estate board the victoria real estate board created an online strata document uh um uh prop um the system program. yeah strata docs yeah yeah um i was there because i was on the task force back in 2000 and whatever it was 2006 2007 um to the point where the rest of the province of bc realtors complain all the time it's so hard getting strata documents and you know how it, just the whole act of running back and forth and all that kind of stuff you guys were early adopters you were right on there proline's one of the largest if not the largest property management company uh, in victoria and really thanks to you and the realtors again listening if you are thankful for strata docs online you got to give kudos to uh, ProLine Property Management because truly you guys were uh, one of the founding members there. Yeah, yeah, it's, I mean, you, you touch on some of the behind the scenes things for Strata owners, you know, and Strata council members that they don't even see and, uh, and the ways that, you know, I think as an industry, we work to simplify those things. And so it's been, it's been great working with the, the real estate board to make sure that, you know, what, what is a huge administrative task uh, for Strata corporations, uh, as well as for as for realtors can be handled in, in a sort of simple, effective, real-time way. And I, I, you know, that's one of those things I start to imagine if, if I'm on a self-managed strata corporation trying to manage, you know, particularly of any size, the, the volume of document requests and things that can be flowing through. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a huge amount of work for, um, for virtually no money. <laughs> well, um, you know, it's, it, it's a strata council is not going to make, make anything off getting to do that. And I know we don't. Well, and this is the thing, you know, for our listeners who have no idea about what we're talking about right now, really what it is, is uh, the Victoria real estate board in conjunction with property management companies like ProLine developed this online ordering system where when a realtor needs to access minutes, bylaws, financial statements, form B, uh, depreciation reports, engineering reports, all those things, we can order them online, build through our account through the real estate board, and it is delivered uh, automatically. So there's no running around. You guys still have a lot of admin. Like I know that, yeah. right? There's yeah. a reason why we pay for it. So there's yeah. still a lot of admin work, but um, we are so ahead of the curve in Victoria. Other real estate boards don't have it. Vancouver's resistant to it. Um, uh, the realtors in Victoria should be singing praises on the streets because of this, because really it it uh, it has saved a lot of time and effort. So thank you for that. Yeah. Well, I think you you know you started off when we began talking too about 
um, welcoming people that are thinking about maybe downsizing and moving into a strata community. And I think you hit on one of the key parts that you know, people are becoming more sophisticated. They are, are looking at things. And this exact package of documents that you're talking about um, are something that are available and should be looked at by, by any condo purchaser. Like if you're interested in moving into a building, take that part of your process really seriously because a couple of years of minutes, some AGM notices, um, insurance information, a depreciation report are going to provide you with a volume of information and insight um, that you really can't get when you're looking at a single family dwelling. Like you, you can have a sense of what the neighborhood might be like. You can like imagine what might maintenance might have been done at the house. You can get an inspection that might tell you a few more things. Um, but those documents from a strata perspective um, are going to have, you know, the nuggets of gold or otherwise in them. Mm -hmm. and, and you're really going to be entering into that community with open eyes if, you, if you've taken that time to review those documents and have a sense of how do they deal with bylaw enforcement? Is there a lot of it? Are, is there ongoing maintenance? Are they talking about maintenance a lot? How old is the depreciation report? Are they talking about renewing it? What are they doing with their, with their fees? You know, if their fees are going down, why? <laughs> what, what, what is well, happening? And, and this like, is the thing, you... like, if you're thinking of buying, like, you're going to end up being part of that anyways. So yeah. now is really the time to sort of get a, get a handle on exactly what that community is like, right? Yeah, it's it's absolutely it's absolutely critical. I think I think to do that. There are services out there that will review those for you and provide you reports. Like if you want mm -hmm. that simplified, um, you know there there are those opportunities and options out there. Uh, we can't be that for people. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people hope we can. We get a lot of those phone calls. Hey, can you tell me about the inside dirt <laughs> on yeah. uh, on this strata? Is there anything I should be worried about? And and the reality is, as you know, as we're the agents for the strata corporation, like a realtor is an agent for. For the owner, like that's where our, our duties lie to. We're not allowed to have those conversations. We would be breaching confidentiality and yeah. our fiduciary. So, duties, so. You, we, we've had services like Ryan at Condo Clear on the program talking about doing Perfect. that stuff. So third party, yeah. uh, most definitely. Um, now, as a reminder, if people need to reach you guys at ProLine, what's the best way to do that? Uh, phone calls work. We're uh, 250-475-6440. Yeah. Uh, people have questions. Uh, I'm always interested in kind of big picture discussions around the strata industry. Uh, my email address is really simple. It's just Andy at prolinemanagement.com. Mm -hmm. So I'm happy to hear from you if you're not, you know, if I'm not the right person, I can direct you to the person that is. But, uh, you know, anything sort of big, big picture industry, there's a lot of changes right now with, you know, insurance in particular. Ooh, and, that's uh, a great I, segue. I try to keep my finger on the pulse of, of all those things. And I love talking about it. This is a great segue because we need to take our last break here. But when we come back, we're going to talk about this hot topic which is yes. Strata Property Insurance. We'll be back in just a moment. This is The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Hi there, and thanks for coming back to The Whole Home Show. I'm Tony Joe. We're talking today about Strata Property, Strata Property Management with Andy Sperling. He's the president of ProLine uh, Management. Andy, thanks again for coming. Thank you for having me. Now, uh, before the break, you you left off with a cliffhanger, which is the whole strata property insurance situation. But before we touch on that, I want to just take a moment about some of the other things you guys do. So you, of course, also handle uh, not just strata property management, but if somebody has a home or a property or a small apartment block or something, you can handle that too, right? Absolutely. Yeah, we have a whole rental team that manages individual family homes, that manages uh, condo units and buildings for people as well as apartment buildings so yeah. we we're, we're almost entirely residential we do like a little bit of mixed use stuff but uh we, we really focus on where people live mm -hmm. um you know the, the emotional center of the real estate universe well you know it's interesting because individuals 
I find they often think, oh, it's going to be easy, man. I'm going to buy this condo. I'm going to buy this house. It's going to be so easy to manage. Uh, and yet the same client a few years down the road will say to me, oh my goodness, it is so much work. I don't think it's for me. Well, and I think a lot of it is what we talked about with Stratas before is, you know, if you're a rental manager, you're showing units every day, you're screening tenants every day. You're you know what to look for, right? Yeah, you, you've got that history, that experience. Um, you're dealing with emergencies every day. So it's not that a dishwasher is overflowed and I don't know who to call. It's I got the cell phone of the person to call and, and I know they'll make time for me. Um, you know, we've been in, in Victoria for a long time and on, on Vancouver Island for a long time. And so, you know, we have trades relationships where when things are going wrong and it's busy and there's rainstorms outside, like we can get roofers to places, we can get plumbers to places. Yeah, and try that as an try that as an individual who's not in the business. It's like when there's a when there's a storm and there's a flood, you pick up the phone. You're not a priority, right? No, it, we'll and, be there in a week. Yeah, right. Yeah. So it's 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 the people with the pre-established relationships like you guys have that yeah. uh, that can read. That's a lot of value right there. Right. It, it feels you can't, like it. You can't pay for that. Right. You can't yeah. pay for that. Yeah. Exactly. Um, actually, and I, I really briefly want to say my wife and I. So one of our investment properties, we made a mistake once where, uh, you know, because we we don't self-manage now, but we did back then. And um, we sort of uh, an applicant looked fantastic and we took her in. It didn't end up being a great thing. And it reminded us that often a tenant is, tenants are putting up their best, you know, their best face during interview, interview process, right? Oh, and yeah. and I'm going to say, based on what you just said, that professional property manager who does this day to day to day knows what to look for, right? Yeah. I, absolutely. Like, yeah, knows when the reference is probably just a friend on a cell phone pretending to be a reference. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's gotten a lot easier to be shifty these days too. So, no kidding. Um, you know, yeah. you get to be part detective as well. Just go. Got it. Got it. Okay. Um, property uh, uh, strata insurance. Uh, because yeah. again, I was on uh, um, one of your sessions the other day. We were talking about that. Uh, tell us from the property management standpoint, what's going on? With strat insurance because what people have heard is that uh deductibles are up uh policy costs are up 600 percent. this property in abbotsford all that stuff what's happening yeah well i mean the the reality is that deductibles for most people are up premiums for virtually everybody are up so th those things aren't wrong um but like anything they're up differently in different places and in different types of um communities and so vancouver's problem is similar to ours, but exponentially more challenging than ours. Uh, you know, we're not aware in Victoria of a residential strata community that, that wasn't able to get insurance. Uh, we're aware of some that have had significant increases based on their, their value and their, their claims history. Um, but as a strata owner, you can be 100% confident that your strata insurance is going up this year. Uh, and that's, that's partly because insurance premiums are going up. And it's partly because construction costs have been rising. So, you know, at, at the same time that we're having this insurance market harden, we're also seeing rising construction costs. So, you know, you're going to have an increase of probably 8% in your replacement cost value. And then, which, which is a direct sort of tie to your premium. And then you're going to have somewhere between a 15 and 30% increase in your premium likely. And so that's just a reality. Seeing, yeah. and, and that's just reality. And that, you know, in Victoria on Vancouver Island, we've got a series of you know, smaller buildings that have lower replacement values. And so insurers are a little more willing to take bigger risks on those properties. And so you don't have, you know, you're not having to find eight insurers to cover something. You can, you can get two or three. 
And so we're really seeing those in that kind of 20%, 30% range. Um, one of the big changes is what insurance companies are looking at before they will write a policy for somebody. So this is really the first year where we're seeing with every renewal, we want to see your depreciation report. We've noticed your depreciation report is more than three years old. Why? What maintenance have you been doing in the last two so, years? So now, how about these buildings where the strata has elected not to have a depreciation report? Yeah, I, I think that, you know, I think one of the brokers that we've had on, and I've had this discussion with him before, I think told it beautifully, is you can't point to a depreciation report will get you or won't get you insurance. But what brokers are having to do with their clients right now is be able to tell a story. And a good story is, here's a building that has a depreciation report that they've been implementing maintenance based on and that they're updating. You know, the less good story is these guys did it when it was required at the beginning, and now they're just voting to defer it every single year. And so, you know, there's, there's no, you know, somebody asked that very specific question at one of our sessions, like, what is the value of, of doing a depreciation report on insurance? And you can't quantify it, mm -hmm. but the value really is you're telling a much better story. Yeah. And if you're not, and if you're not updating it, I think having the answer as to why, you know, well, we're not updating it because we've approved a re-roofing project this year and next year we're doing windows and then we're addressing you know, this like flashing ceiling the next year. And then we're going to get a depreciation report once we've renewed those major uh, envelope items. That's a great answer. Mm -hmm. And you can show them the documents that, you know, we've approved this special levy or we have this in our, our reserve fund um, because insurance companies are looking at financial documents. They're looking at uh, your maintenance history. They're asking sort of more and more probing questions. Well, they, and they should because the insurance companies are there. They're not there to write checks. They're there to determine right. risk, to assess yeah. risk, right? Yeah, well, yeah. That, that's exactly right. And, they, and they've been seeing them more and more. And as we build buildings that have higher end finishes, I mean, I think engineered flooring has been a huge cause Awful. for concern in the insurance world because in almost every case, you have a small spill, you can't match the dial out of that engineered flooring. So you're replacing it for the entire unit. Yeah. And so, so that's that's what the insurance fellow was saying at, at the session is the fact that um, nowadays with consumer demands, the, the finishing of units is is a lot more than it was before, right? Things yeah, are fancier. I, Things are fancier. Absolutely. When I when I did a session for the Victoria Real Estate Board on this insurance problem as it broke out, and I think my my catchphrase was "Make carpets cool again," mm -hmm. um, because <laughs> in buildings that that don't allow hard surface flooring, you actually don't really have water damage claims. They they can happen when a sprinkler head goes, but for the most part, water gets spilled, a dryer comes in, the carpet gets lifted up, it gets dried out, and it gets put back. Yeah. Uh, and so it's it's cheap and yeah. it's just not it's not the same way when you're dealing particularly with engineered flooring because it just a little bit of water it buckles and then it and then it's over you know it's so, so funny i i wasn't there but people talked about that quote so that's you <laughs> you you're attributed to that one make carpet cool again <laughs> I, I want to say something funny you know yeah, we're yeah. talking about insurance and that that felt like it could work yeah but uh but yeah, so I mean, and then the reality with insurance is it's been a weird cycle. I've been in, in this industry for 13 years now, and, and I've seen things harden up and loosen up and harden up and loosen up. And this is just a massive hardening. Uh, and the way it was described is, you know, effectively the insurance companies for Strata and BC have been underpricing for 20 years, and they're trying to make up for it this year, yeah. uh, you know, this year and next. So it's been, it's been really significant. Um, and, and some buildings have found themselves without insurance and, and some buildings, uh, in some cases, particularly newer buildings are finding themselves with just massive increases in insurance. And you can imagine the, the sort of knock on impacts of that on all your other 
like on strata well, fees and then everything else. Yeah, because of course it's the, the, it has to be paid and it gets paid through the, all the owners, right? But there's yeah. but there's really two things I, I want to touch on. So the first one is the buildings that have continued to take claims out on things that they could have or should have repaired on their own. And as a result, that is affecting their insurance coverage, right? Yeah, I mean, it, it tells a terrible story. So if they're able to get coverage, those are the buildings that you're seeing um, pay more and more, or they're having conditions attached to, to their insurance. And so in Vancouver, it's very common right now for a building to be told, okay, well, we'll cover you, but we're not actually going to cover any water damage claims until you repipe your building. Wow. Because you're getting, you know, you're, you're getting ongoing leaks. And so there's an exclusion for water leaks under your water oh, damage coverage. Oh my goodness. And, and so it really is. And, you know, there's a great example of a building that, you know, you've been dealing with pin, these pinhole leaks for years and you just, you know, either owners aren't approving the funds or you're unable to get the funds or you're just hoping it goes away. Um, you know, the spotlight is now on you. You know, you, you're, you're telling a really bad story uh, about, about what's going on in your community and it's going, it's going to affect your insurability and, and your rates as well. Okay. So the second thing, the other one is the, rep the replacement value and how there, there have been some buildings that have not been able to um, secure insurance because the insurance company won't insure what, the re what their replacement value is, right? Yeah, that's exactly right. And so the, most insurance policies work on a subscription basis. And so if you've got a building that it's going to cost, you know, $10 million to replace some, an insurance underwriter might be able might be willing to take on $10 million of risk or, or two insurance companies will take on $5 million of risk. And so you actually have some, some market competition. Mm -hmm. When you get up to a building that says, let's say a hundred million dollars uh, in risk, you might be needing to involve every single underwriter that's working in Strata in British Columbia to cover your hundred million. So for example, you look at buildings like in Vancouver, you look at Vancouver house or some of these other high rises that have hundreds of units. Yeah. And, and that's what we're talking about, right? That, that, and we, and we have those buildings in Victoria as well. Like we have some really beautiful high-end buildings that are in that sort of 80, 90, 100, $110 million replacement. And, and the way that the insurance market works, and it's supposed to be for fairness, is once you get your group of subscribers together that can cover the amount, you go with the highest price and the worst terms um, so that nobody's being forced to provide insurance coverage at a rate less than they can. So if you've got somebody that'll, you know, to take simple terms, do it at $2 a square foot, and then somebody's like, well, I'll cover that last 10%, but I need $5 a square foot. Uh -huh. The market doesn't say people put in, it's like everybody gets $5 a square foot because you're going to, you share the risks and the rewards proportionately. And so that, that's part of what we're seeing for some of those higher uh, increases is somebody then coming in and saying, well, you know, I'm doing the last 10%. And what we're, what we're hearing from colleagues in Vancouver is you're getting coverage of say 80% and it's gonna be $200,000 to renew. That last 20% costs $300,000. And so it's, kind of, it's, it's, almost, it's kind of like a first mortgage and a second mortgage. Like you're paying a higher rate in the second, right? Or second exactly. Yeah. But, but the problem is that you're paying this, that second mortgage rate on your first mortgage now to get the coverage. And, and so, so that's, that's where we're seeing one of the, the big challenges. And so there's talk about, you know, at the government level, can you change that? But the big, the big balancing act at the sort of regulatory level is how do we ensure a system that's fair and transparent for consumers but that doesn't drive all these private insurers right out of the market um, because you know, that's only gonna make things worse. Um, and so you know, government's got a really tough job. I don't envy trying to solve this one because there's many, many moving parts.
for sure. Well, hey, Andy, thanks so much for coming. There's so much to talk about. We will have you back because there's there is a we'll lot more to. as well too. Yeah, uh, Andy Sperling, president of ProLine uh, Management, and you said you've been in the business for 13 years, but the family has uh, had ProLine for a long time, right? Yeah, the, well, it's been in the family since 1985, so I've been back on a full time basis for 13 years, but yeah. I've done many jobs. Uh, throughout our 35-year tenure. (laughs) Amazing. Well, thanks uh, for coming. And to the rest of our listeners, we'll be here for you this time next week.